Welcome to another edition of the Copcast Podcast. Liverpool 2, Aston Villa 1. A win at Anfield. Something we haven't seen this year, 2021. Um, so, to discuss... The joys of a last-minute goal. Um, more Trent has answered his critics' inverted speech marks comments that nobody really cares about, and where we might where we might find ourselves in the top four race. I've got Neil Patterson in Berlin, Chief. How are we? Yeah, fine, fine, fettle. Uh, nice to be discussing a, a Liverpool win at Anfield. Um, yeah, and not a bad weekend either. Some was shining today, which was nice. Although tomorrow's gonna be crap, but yeah, looking forward to getting into this. What about yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Watched the football. Had a, had a winner in the, the national as well. Yeah, had a favour in the winner in the national, which was nice. And um, yeah, uh, just 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 nice to see Liverpool you know, pick themselves up and dust themselves off in the middle of the game and, you know, struggle against adversity and actually find a way to come through, Chief, which is something that we haven't seen recently. Um, when they get their knocks and things aren't going their way, they they seem to find it more difficult. That used to be something that this team almost used to relish. That was the reputation that they built themselves, that they built on. And, you know, Based on the statistics, there's no more difficult side in the Premier League to come up against, to go a goal down, to have a, another one of those daft offside decision goals disallowed right at the end of the first half. Um, and to come back and take three points from Villa, and that is, you know, they only dropped five points from, from losing positions this season before that, and we're 31 games in. So, you know, that that to be in itself is something that we can look to and say, you know, we've been talking about can, can this Liverpool team turn the corner? Can they go or can they go and stick a run of wins back to back to back in the league and push ourselves into contention for that fourth place and cement the spot next year's Champions League? And uh, we've seen these false dawns before and maybe the Madrid game made us all think that this is another false dawn, but, you know, we've managed to separate ourselves from that result and go and, yeah, deliver three points after a goalkeeping error and a, a kick in the balls right before the right before the interval. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you rightly say we've, um, we've not responded or the team's not responded too well to some of the... Um, things have gone against them in recent weeks. I mean, on the whole, they've probably responded pretty well over the season, given the number of fucking things that have gone against them. But in recent weeks, things had th- things had caught up with them a little bit. And you know, we in the league we had been hadn't been doing too bad. A couple of wins back to back, but obviously then with us getting hopes up and beginning the dream of, of Istanbul again, Madrid brought us back down to earth uh, with with quite a bump. Um, but that would wouldn't be the first time we've we've lost um, the first leg of a of a Champions League knockout phase heavily in Spain, and um, you know you don't always go out when that happens, as as we know. So that one's not over quite yet. But 
what's more important is that we were, as you said, able to separate that result and that performance and that disappointment from the job in hand, which was very much to go out and get three points uh, at Anfield on Saturday. Uh, you rightly referenced we hadn't seen an Anfield win all season in the league, or all season, all year in the league. Um, and, you know, yesterday was the perfect day to, to put that right. Sorry, we're recording this on Sunday evening, obviously. Um, and put it right that did, because... Again, just about everything that's, maybe not just about everything that could go wrong, but if you were writing a script for um, Liverpool's season, the first half pretty much played out exactly as as perhaps a, a lazy script writer might, might pen it for the season yeah, so and far. Yeah, it did everything but an injury, didn't it? Yeah, pretty much, you know, play very well dominate possession, create chances without any of them being massively clear-cut, miss probably the the most clear-cut one, the, the Salah one, even though it comes so quickly and there's not much else he can do, but it doesn't go in. Um, there are a couple of other chances. Villa are really not in the game. Their first real attack, and um, bam, it's in the net. A goalkeeping error. It's pretty soft shot, and you know Ali knows he should do 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 better. No doubt about it. Um, but we respond remarkably well to that, I think. And and the Firmino goal just before halftime is um, is an example of that, really. But it, it's it's not the first chance we have uh, after Villa score. So it's it's sort of coming again. We sort of pick ourselves up very quickly, and, and we get back into the ascendancy. And when we score that, it's very much a sense of come on. You know that's you know normal service resumed. It's one each, right? We've got we've got the the second half to go at them. We might we might do the VAR a bit more and later. I don't know, but obviously it conspires to to shaft us again, drawing a line from from Jada's elbow, and we discussed the handball ball rule and why that's been changed and and so on pre pod. And I'm sure everyone knows about it, so there's no point in going into it. But it's it's yet another smack in the chops with a wet salmon. Essentially, um, but according to Klopp, he, he he felt that he you know he apparently was surprised that the mood in the in the changing room was was pretty up at halftime, and he had been expecting apparently to have to sort of um, g them up a bit and and give them a bit of a pep talk, but apparently that wasn't the case, and it showed then the second half they they went out and. And won the game, and I think they never. The, the point is, they never stopped believing that they would win the game, they could win the game, and they produced a performance that did, albeit late, win win the game. And you know, going behind at Anfield is nothing new. Over the last two years, even when Liverpool were winning <clears throat> um, twenty six games out of the first twenty seven last season, we still went behind at Anfield often enough the difference for six games this season is upon going behind we haven't we haven't been able to respond and we haven't had the belief to go on and respond and win the game and it seemed that yesterday we we rediscovered that a little bit because routinely earlier this season we were going behind and coming back to win and last season going behind and coming back to win and you knew as Liverpool fans you didn't care if you went one down you didn't care if you went two down you still fancy that Anfield Liverpool will come back and win, and that I think if we go back to Villa earlier in the season, 
mm-hmm. when it's when it's five two nearly. They're still thinking they can. You're win still at thinking yeah. we can we 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 can we can we can maybe sneak a draw here. We can, we can score three more goals in this side to take them well, back. I don't know about five two, but at four two, I was thinking five fours on here. So put it like that. When Villa, because we we made it four two, and I thought, yeah. hey, here we go. And then they make it five two, and then then you're a bit. But at four two, I was thinking five two's on here. Like it's half an hour to go. No bother. Um, five fours on, but obviously it it didn't happen. And and I think to be honest, the team suffered for it that day. I think they possibly had that attitude a little bit. Um, perhaps overconfidence on on that occasion, but the sentiment was there because it was backed up by a body of evidence. You know, it wasn't it wasn't uh, blind confidence. You know, it was it was because you'd seen it happen week in week out. It was because you'd seen us go to the new camp and get play well, but get dicked three nil essentially, and then come back and win four nil um, with Devokarigi and Shakiri starting. Um, you know, because you'd seen us go behind. I mean, th- this is this is a hopefully I this is a, a bit of symmetry with with Villa. I think a reference to prepod Villa was a game last season. The game I think it was Villa at home. I think they were one nil up, and we came back and won it two one with two late goals, Andy Robbo and Sadio Mane. And that was kind of a game that a lot of people, a lot of fans said, yeah, I kind of knew we, something was different about us when we came back and we won that game. We found a way to win that game. And there was hopefully a little bit of that performance and that grit in yesterday's result and performance. And I just really would love would love if, the, if they can take that forward into the next six, seven games, whatever it is we have left, and, and just produce a, produce performances like that. Just find a way to win. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be perfect. Although, having said that, there were moments of brilliance yesterday and, and patches of play, periods of play, where, where the standard was, was excellent. But it doesn't have to be picture perfect. Just find a way to win. And when the team has that belief, I don't think anything can stop them. So if they can rediscover that, and if hopefully yesterday was a sign of that, then I think things bode bode well for the, both the rest of this season and and then kicking on. Um, but it's a massive, massive win. Um, it keeps us right in the top four hunt. Uh, Leicester dropping points again today. Chelsea routine win yesterday it was no surprise, but the cat is amongst the pigeons in that particular race. Yeah, Spurs dropping points as well this afternoon. So. Absolutely. So second is is wrapped up. So everyone's fighting for third and fourth, and Liverpool are are looking are handily placed on the rail. Put it like that. Yeah, um, there is there is not an opportunity opportunity knocks for this side. Um, it, and I, I mentioned the Madrid game there, Chief. Um, where we were just so out of sorts, just so passive and. No real energy and no real intensity and no real press and um, just like I, I just like you, you see sometimes that you mentioned that players are passengers within a game. It almost in Madrid looked like the whole team were passengers within that match um, for large large periods of it. Uh, but as with Arsenal against Villa, it didn't really appear like that. We were dominant and we were in the ascendancy and we made it difficult for them. Yeah, they, they created some chances early on and you know they got around the sides and stuff, but 
you know, we we com- we competed in the middle of the park, and I'm just interested in your opinion on the midfield selection and how relevant that is, because I don't know, and I could be being really biasedly blind here, but I do think that in a similar way to what Jordan Henderson brings to that midfield, um, James Milner does the same. And I reckon that Klopp kind of thinks that too, because when Thiago comes on, it's not Milner. It's not 46-year-old James Milner who, who makes way. It's it's Wijnaldum. And Milner, Milner, does the, Milner does the 90, doesn't he? He does, but... Yeah. I have a I have a feeling that um, it's got more to do with with who's going to play against Madrid than than I'm not I'm not in any way taking away from Milner's performance because I think, also think he had a, a very good game but I think he he, he did the ninety didn't he and I, I, I doubt he's gonna he's he's gonna feature in the starting eleven against Madrid whereas I would imagine certainly that Thiago starts against Madrid and I wouldn't. Wouldn't be surprised to see Genie starting. So maybe something, something in that. But I think James Miller does do that job, and more importantly, whether he does exactly the same job, he does a captain's job. He (laughs) inspires through example. He inspires through talking to the players around him and and talking players through the game, and he inspires through and leads through always being in the ref's ear. Which is is massive. When neither of them are on the pitch, we struggle because they're the they're the the ones who are who talk the ref through the game basically. Um, you you need one or other in there really to to kind of do that, <clears throat> particularly in the Premier League, not so much in Europe. Um, but yeah, I mean, Milner was a great signing. I mean, I remember not being or being fairly nonplussed at the signing of James Milner way back when Brendan Rodgers did it because it smacked at the time because of the context and the situation that we were signing um, a, a, cent- a player who, wa- who was coming to us specifically because he wanted to play in central midfield who had been let go by the team that we were purported to, to want to rival, Man City for not being good enough in that position, who was coming to us to be paid 150 grand a week, the rumours were at the time. I think that was true. And a lot of people, I included, thought this is this is a waste of money. But because of the quality of the, of the player, the professionalism of the player, and the fact that we got a change of manager shortly after Milner signed, He's turned out to to have been one of one of the best free transfers that's ever that's ever been in the club's history. I would imagine, um, possibly in, in the history of the Premier League. Um, what he's brought has been massive in terms of attitude, in terms of aura, in terms of having been there and, and done it and won the league um, before, won the Premier League before, uh, being around those those players in that situation. I mean, he's just. He's added so much that, that I didn't think, I certainly didn't think he would he would bring. I thought it would be a, a you know a couple of years he'd play for us, and in the end we'd we'd, we'd loan him out, we'd farm him out, and, and then get rid of him, and he'd go and play in the states or whatever. Stupid me, like. Um, but yeah, Klopp likes him, and he likes him for a reason. So he he played really really well, and he he generally does when he's called upon. 
and whether it's to play in the centre midfield, whether it's to play at left back, whether it's even to do a job at right back, whether it's to come on with half an hour to go to to help push things forward or to help tighten things up, or whether it's playing a game from the start because he can, you know, he can dictate the game almost by through through presence and through positioning and through just energy in general. Uh, what's really the word? Just being cool on the ball and, and, and experience is the word I'm looking for. Um, so it's not a surprise to see him do well, but it worked well for uh, for us yesterday. And obviously, again, Villa's one of his old clubs. I mean, I think half the Premier League's one of James Miller's old clubs at, at this point. But, um, you know, it must have been nice for him in a way to to uh, to be there and to to contribute. So, in such a such a positive way as ever, but I can't see him starting against Madrid. Like I, I don't know if you disagree or it's a strange one. Um, I think yeah, you know, Thiago and Genie sort of share the minutes, so to speak. Um, I think it's a strange one that Thiago doesn't start out there. Um, I think I think it's strange he doesn't start out there and he doesn't start against Villa. I thought that was strange because I presumed that, you know, he gets a half against Madrid and I thought, well, probably start Thiago and maybe give him 60, maybe give him 70, depending on how the game's going. And he can bring in Genie, he can bring in Naby, he can bring in, you know, is, was, was Jones on the bench? Jones was injured. Jones apparently. was injured. Okay. Yeah, Jay, Jay put it in the chat that he had a slight knock, so. Okay, but even still, I I wasn't aware of that at the time, um, and he hasn't been getting a game recently for for whatever reason. So I don't know. You know is it is it maybe something also to do with what happened with the England under twenty ones that he gets sent off for getting involved in a fight? I don't know. Um, maybe maybe that's something. I'm, I'm not sure. Otherwise, uh, it's a strange one because he he has kind of just dropped out of out of favour from being. Although it's happened before with with, with players who've come in, they've been in the team for. A little while, and then you know, clubs decide, okay, we'll give you a wee break, and and then they come back a couple of months later, fighting fit and even better. So maybe it's maybe it's a bit of that. It is his first full season, really. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. But it suggests to me maybe on the Thiago thing that maybe he didn't want to use him in the Bernabeu. Maybe he was resting him in the Bernabeu and. If he was going to bring him on, he wanted to just maybe give him half an hour or the last twenty. But in the event he was forced to bring him on before half before half time, it, it, maybe it's just a legs thing. I'm not sure, or maybe he just felt after maybe it was planned for him to start against Villa, but after the Madrid result, he's thinking, well, he has to start against Madrid. I need him, so I'm not going to start him against Villa. Yeah, maybe it it could be, it could be. I just. <laughs> I, you know, I think he'll probably go for being for being new Thiago Genie um, on Wednesday night, isn't it? Yeah, so, it's gonna be it's gonna be so interesting whether he goes four three three or four two four straight away. Yeah, I, I, my gut feeling is he keeps four two four for the second half if needed, but I I think yeah. the best way the best way to get at them is going to be to get that early goal like we did against Barca. You know, it it is a different game. We don't need as many, but. 
but I don't know. I I, I don't I, I don't want it. Andy's happy for it to be nil nil on seventy five, and I can I can see his point totally. But I think a Real Madrid don't don't lose that from there. Yeah, they're very very well drilled outfit, aren't they? They are yeah. the you know the their antithesis of what Zidane was as a player. You know, it's 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 so out of keeping with what you would assume his kind of management style would be um, in comparison to what sort of footballer that he was. I just feel that the Milner thing, just to, just to close that out, We, I remember earlier on the season, now he did get into it, I remember Klopp plays him three games back-to-back in eight days or something. Um, and he ends up coming off, I think it's away at Southampton. Um, but it wouldn't be unheard of for Milner to do 90 minutes back to back. It's Saturday afternoon, three o'clock to Wednesday as well. So it's yeah, not it's a long like, enough. It's a long enough gap, like yeah, it's a long enough gap. And we know we are, look, we're not going to go over Milner's freakishly incredible conditioning and, and levels of fitness that he manages to keep. Then the condition that he keeps himself in. So what I'm saying is, I wouldn't be massively surprised, but I, if he did start Milner for all of the reasons that we've talked about. Um, because in those two those two games, the Arsenal and Arsenal and um, and yesterday at Villa, Saturday afternoon, he's the common denominator there. Yeah, I think if uh, me personally, I think if he if you're if if you're starting James Miller, then Jeannie's the one that has to miss out. Because he's also knackered, but I don't think he goes into a Champions League Although he did, then he? he didn't start Genie against Barca at home. He, he doesn't start. He doesn't start Genie against Barca at home. He doesn't. He famously comes off the bench to score two. Yeah, and he also plays him away there. He doesn't play him in the midfield away there. He plays him in the the weird three. nine yeah. role. So you know, so anything can happen, really. Anything he, can happen. Anything can happen. I'm hundred percent. And I don't know. It's a again. There's a weird parallel that that Naby Keita starts that game out there in Barcelona too, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, it so there, and has to come off injured. <laughs> or you know, come off early. Anyway. I think I think he's injured. Yeah, and there's there's there, there are weird symmetries here. We we talked about the symmetry with the, the Villa game, um, and and also you know Spanish side Champions League. Um, three goals conceded away from home. Granted, we got the away goal this time, but there, there's still an opportunity there. I think there is always, and there is going to, there's going to remain this nervousness amongst the fan base and potentially amongst the players that, you know, it's not Virgil van Dijk and it's not Joel Gomez and it's not Joel Matip at the back. It's Ozan Kabak, where I would suggest the fan base is relatively split on where they where they feel he's at. But I think the one thing that we can say, Chief, is there's lots of potential there. Just to do a bit in Kabak, there's lots of potential there. I think he's he's shown himself to be maybe a little immature. There's lack there seems to be lapses in concentration. There was like a mishit pass back against against Madrid um that nearly got them in in the first half and you know, he's had a couple of horror moments at the start of his Liverpool um, spell, whatever you want to call this, whatever it turns out to be. But all that needs to be caveated with the fact that he is 20 and he is young and he is still, as, no matter how experienced he is, he's still maturing as a as an individual. And I think this is something that sometimes get lost, gets lost in, in players um, when you're considering what sort of footballer they are. 
regardless of how many games he's got under his belt, he's still a 20-year-old lad. Yeah, 100%. And and the thing that impressed me most about him is his seeming composure. He's he's, he's very sure of himself. Yeah, he doesn't flap. He doesn't panic. He he's sure on the ball. He's sure of his touch. He's he looks to me. He looks a player. Yes, of course, he's had one or two. I mean, there's one that I can think of where him and Ali collide. Um, yeah, Leicester, I think, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, Allison's not covered himself in glory in that moment either, and he's he's had a few. Mistakes himself as our well. We can, we can talk about that. We can talk about Zilla. Wonderful, you know, wonderful just, keeper, and wonderful he is. But you know, even he can have mistakes. So, so yeah. I mean, he's he's far from the finished article, Kabak. But it's it's not just that he's, you know, um, you can say that he's young, but that's almost like damning him with sort of damning him with fair praise a little bit. In that, I think personally, he's much much better than than a lot. Obviously, a lot of twenty-year-old centre-backs who are, who are out there trying to make it at at top-level clubs, shall we say, top division clubs. Listen, the fact is, the fact is, I was thinking about this. If you look around Europe and the mm-hmm. top the top five leagues, mm-hmm. you know, go and find me a twenty-year-old centre-half playing week in, week out, and never mind at the top end of of a top league. You know, the average age of centre-backs is a similar sort of scenario to goalkeepers where, you know, you are... 26, isn't it? 26, 27, I think is the yeah. average. Yeah. Do you know, it's, it's, you're talking... We did a bit on Van Dijk before we, before we started recording and, you know, we've, we've commented on the fact that he's, he's got 38 caps for Holland. He's the best centre-half in the world. You know, he only really gets his, he gets his big move down to... He doesn't make it out of Holland to Scotland to Celtic until he's 22, I think. Yep. So, so you know, there, I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm by no means suggesting that Ozan Krabak is the next Virgil van Dijk. That's not what I'm saying. I think there is absolutely potential in there, and there is potential bags, to be bags, bags of potential, yeah. and that that the kid could potentially turn out to be one of the best centre halves in Europe for an extended period of his career. If, we if, have if, though is the now chief, and yeah. that's great as a prospect, and that's you know he's the guy that you want. He's an ideal third, fourth choice centre half. That's mm-hmm. exactly what you're looking for when you're talking about transitioning in a squad seamlessly, being able to move from one player to another without having to you know rip up the rip up the you know people talk about. Squads need a rebuild. The last thing you want is to rebuild a squad. You want to transition players in gradually, the way this Liverpool side used to do when you used to stick in Russia in the reserves for six months and then come on in, big lad, now is your time. And he's ready to go. And that's where you want to be. The problem that we have is that this is Real Madrid. This is an almost flawless run that we need to go on between now and the end of the season to make sure we get into that top four and into the Champions League next year. And as much as we can talk about, there, that is a real real opportunity to invest long-term in a player that could be absolutely outstanding at not a particularly large transfer fee. But 
we're relying on him and Nat Phillips to get us through these next six, eight weeks or whatever it is. And that's a yeah. big, big ask for these two guys. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting is going to be what he does at at centre back in the in the Champions League because I've heard it mooted um, in a few quarters that um, there's a, a chance of maybe putting Fabinho back in there um, for the Real Madrid game. So does that rip up our midfield predictions from five minutes ago? It could do, but I'm not convinced it'll happen because I'm not sure that Klopp will want to sacrifice the dominance, the, the, the guaranteed dominance, I would say, that playing Fabinho there at Anfield with the mindset of going to take the game to them would, would give you, as opposed to a way. what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not convinced 100%. he would do that. Um, the one thing I would, the one thing I would, just to play devil's advocate here with you, mm-hmm. just for just for fun, the midfield's absolutely overran out there. That's yeah. where we, that is where we lose the game. We lose it in the middle of the park. Casemiro, Montes, and Cruz absolutely run the show, and we can talk about you know. I think there's certainly a conversation to be had about what you missed with Firmino when they're pressing the deep line midfielder. Uh, yeah, we didn't not, get we didn't get we didn't get near to them. But I think no. the, one of the biggest problems there was that we were just too stretched. We weren't compact enough. There was too much of a gap between. Basically, the defenders were too deep, which meant Fabinho was sitting too deep. Which, but the, the forwards, there was too much of a gap between Fabinho and the other midfielders, and the forward line. So then they were getting in and just killing us in those spaces. So. You're right. Midfield was was the area that we got the game was lost or won, whichever whichever side you're on there. Um, so yeah, it it, it it's going to be the key again. Um, I just think when you, it, I think we'll set up to play ten yards further forward than we were. I was going to say the Bernabeu than Madrid. And by the way, I just want to pop pop this one in. Real Madrid are playing at their at their training ground, right? They're playing competitive Spanish league and European cup matches at their training ground. Now, if there's one place that you may feel even more comfortable playing at than your home stadium, and your opponents may feel even less comfortable playing at than than your opponent's home stadium... It's possibly their training ground. So I'm just, I'm not, I would like, basically what I'm saying is, if you have a look at the statistics of win, win, loss and draw for Real Madrid at home this season, after the end of the season, and you correlate it to when they started playing at the training ground, I'm pretty positive they're not going to lose too many games there. Is what I'm trying to say. So basically, you've gone from playing at the Bernabeu, which is which is a very strong home stadium, to going somewhere where Madrid feel even more confident, where they know it even better because they're there every day. So I don't think we need to feel too bad about that one. I don't, as I say, I don't think they're going to lose too many. They beat Barcelona there at the weekend in the Clasico to go top of the league as well, as far as I'm aware. So and they've come on a on a mad run of consecutive victories, I think, in, in La Liga um, to basically come from nowhere to start challenging Atletico, who have obviously thrown it away a bit. But yeah, it's it, it, basically this week, it, it it's a different game, it's a different match. And we're, 
we're starting this game two down, but we're not playing it at their training ground. We're back at Anfield and we finally managed to to put some points on the board and, and to get a confidence and morale boost and win there at the weekend. So hopefully we'll take that momentum in and we get that early goal. 1-0 on 75, I'm happy. 0-0, I don't think Madrid are going to lose it. But 1-0, I'm happy that we can take that the extra time and more. But honestly, I fancy yeah, I fancy that we might need to score more than the two because as 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 you were saying, we have to go into this probably most likely with Quebec and Phillips at centre back. And as well as they're doing and as good as they are, both individually and as a pair and the back five as a unit or back six as a unit with Fabinho there. Um you're still playing basically certainly one player there who is championship quality at best up against Benzema and Modric and Cruz and so on. So I think you've got a barring a miracle or absolutely nine out of ten performances from that back five, you're probably you're probably saying you'll give up one goal, which means I think we're gonna need three and you could see extra time and, and pens, who knows? But it's gonna yeah. be some game. It's gonna be some game. Yeah. There is an argument here that, you know, this is actually a bigger ask than Barcelona. Given given what we have available. Yeah, and, and and given the pedigree of the team you're up against, I mean, a lot of people just lump and we're all guilty of it, particularly in, in, in the UK. Um we we talk about the Spanish giants, the big two, and we sort of lump Real Madrid and Barcelona in together as if they're they're the same, but Absolutely right. Yeah, Real Madrid's record in the Champions League is is ten times better than Barcelona's. Yeah. And the other thing, it, the, the other thing to say here, Chief, is they're two very different outfits. Yeah. Barcelona are, and particularly, you know, when we played them, um, you know, and they have been for a number of years. They're porous. They're not good at the back. They've got problems, and they have had for a number of years. We know Madrid have had their problems, but the one thing that they are is they are drilled, organised, difficult to break down, difficult to beat. You saw the last 20 minutes, certainly, in the away tie, where they just let us have the ball, you know, and they moved they, they moved with us, they closed the spaces, they didn't allow us to get in behind, they didn't allow us to get anywhere near their goal, and that's what they'll be, that's what they'll be aiming to do for 90 minutes. So it's not this fragile beast that is not going to you know th- this fragile beast that isn't going to be able to resist giving the ball to Messi and trying to break out quickly um, yeah. r- regardless of whether they're, th- they're they're 3-0 up or not um, and leaving gaps and spaces for us to exploit and they're, and they're not coming to Anfield with ghosts and demons in the back of their head about Games that they lost 3-0 the year before against Roma and, and defeats against PSG. And, you know, all these things that have haunted Barcelona and the 8-2 against Munich. They're not, you know, they're not. Obviously, that was came came after our game. But if you're right, but it's still, it's, still, it's still a product of what came before it, which is ex- your point. Exactly. Whereas Madrid under Zidane, three Champions Leagues played, three Champions Leagues won. So... That's they're they're very very good. This particular Real Madrid team is, and they've been together a long time as well. Yeah, so it's going to be a big ask, but it, it's certainly doable because it is only two goals or three goals, and you know I would take going out 
in the quarterfinals of the Champions League to this Real Madrid side this season, if uh, you know, and finishing a comfortable fourth and being in the Champions League next season and kicking on, winning the final six or seven league games, and just saying, right, Europe wasn't for us this year. We had our issues. We know why. We'll attack it next year. But onto the business with the league. Having said that, it would be amazing to have a, a fairy tale night and, and beat Real Madrid. But it's as long as we as long as we pick the form up in the league and finish in that fourth spot or third, even who knows, then then the Champions League is is essentially just a nice bonus. Yeah, it is. It is a nice bonus. Um, so listen, we'll just move away from that for from the meantime. Um, we'll just touch on touch on it towards the end. I want to talk about I want to talk about Trent. Um, the goals the goal is I knew when he got the ball there I nearly expected him to stick it in the corner I really did um, for me when he when he for me when he takes that first touch I'm thinking that's a really good chance given I know it's him who has the ball there on his right foot facing the bottom corner and there's bodies there and you know he sticks it in the corner. It's not right in the corner, but with such venom and accuracy, you know. It's, it's Gerard-esque. It's it, that it, it is finish that Gerard had sort of nailed down later on his career, which was that low hard along the ground one. You know what I mean? Just yeah, just a powerfully placed shot. Yeah, it doesn't even bend that much because it's hit so hard. Yeah. you know, it's really it's flat. Just, yeah, it's a, just a just a fabulous, fabulous strike. And what you know, but he knows he's going to score as soon as he picks that ball up. As soon as he sees that ball bouncing to him, he knows what he's going to do, and he backs himself to score 100. When he touches it, I'm going to pop there, I'm going to smash it in, and, and that's the belief that's been lacking. And that's what yeah. I, sort of mean. Yeah, and I think this this is what kind of stuck out to me there. You know, it was a good game against Arsenal. People are going, yeah, he's back, he's back, he's back. And we're brilliant. And against Madrid, he's an absolute nightmare. He has a nightmare. Um, Vinicius causes him all sorts of problems. Let's be fair, it does not help him one bit that he's getting that Phillips to the left of him. Um, <laughs> no. But, you know, but um, but uh, he, he tries this, the header back and he ends up putting Vinicius. And he's just an absolute howler of a game. And defensively, that's the last thing he wanted, given the scrutiny that he has come under over the last few weeks. And the spotlight's really been on him since he was left out of the England squad. He looked to have answered his critics, but then that happened. Now, this again, we talked about Kabaxi. This is, what, 21, 22-year-old kid. We know he's got lots of games under his belt, but, you know, he's not he's not mentally matured yet. He goes out there in the last minute. He's a great game to start with, but, you know, in the injury time. And he thinks... Fuck this. I'm going to go. And a bit Gerard-esque, as you said, I'm going to go and I'm going to take this game by the scruff here. I'm going to go and make something happen. He drives in field, drives towards the edge of the box, you know, trying to make something happen. Where he picks the ball up, I think, you know, he is he's getting around the outside of the left-hand side of the box to flick a ball across, which eventually comes back in. He's on the edge of the box on the left-hand side of the pitch. He's no fucking business being there at all. But he's decided I'm taking responsibility here. And that, given the talent that he has, he was able to stick it in the bottom bottom corner and win the game for us. 
But that attitude, mental strength, um, and just sheer determination. And like I say, that's almost what you would call a captain's responsibility. Going and forcing your way out of position, getting involved in the action, trying to create something and make something happen. Um, is That's what really stuck out for me. And again, it's a bit indicative of what we've seen in the last three weeks which as a, on the team as a whole. Nobody really looked to take responsibility away in Madrid, whereas he grabbed that game and he won it for us by sheer brute force ignorance and unbelievable talent. Yeah, well, that's it. And belief. The belief that he could, that he would, could and would do it. Um, and you're right, it was sort of taking the game by the scruff, if you want. Um, I think they all took responsibility at the end there. Um, they they all showed. I mean, there's quality in that move all the way around. Thiago is instrumental in the move. Um, pops the ball out to the right. Shakiri makes a good run and provides a lovely ball. Thiago, it's a decent volley. It's flying in. The keeper makes a great save. And then it comes out to Trent. And, you know, another another right back or another full back who finds himself slightly out of position there, maybe on the wrong side, which he is, takes a touch maybe and crosses it or just tries to look for someone or just even first time. Trent knows immediately what he's going to do before the... You know, before the ball gets to him, he thinks like he's a, he thinks like a top level player because he is. He's he's three moves ahead. He's already seen the ball in the back of the net before it arrives at his foot because he knows what he's going to do, and and that's the difference. Um, you know, we talk about about the possibility of him moving into midfield and, and and this and that and the other, but when you've got somebody who can see the game like he sees it and can sometimes basically make it dance to his tune then you've, you've got to get him really in a position where he can where he can do the most damage and I think in, in his position yeah normally it's right sided right it's a right back normally he, he lines up there we talk about him as a right back he's going to go to the, the, the Euros maybe maybe if Gareth Southgate works out how to pick a squad uh, as England's right back, whether it's first choice or not, but he he's a free role, you know. He, he he's him and Robbo swap all the time. He's obviously he's generally wide, but he'll pop up centrally. If you see, you look at his shot statistics, he gets a couple off every game. Um, he's key passes. He's involved uh, with. His chance creation is ridiculous. We know his assist stats, and maybe they've dropped off a little bit this season, but not that much. Even ability from set pieces. Yeah, delivery from set pieces, sublime. Um, and, and the threat also from set pieces now that he's adding and has added to his game in terms of shooting. Um, and now also open play goals that are starting to come, and he's 22. You talk about captain, he's, he's nailed on. He's a shoo-in to be... England, uh, Liverpool captain and probably one day England captain you would think um, he's just he's got it all he's he's absolutely got it all and it's brilliant to see him finding some of his best form again yeah I was really I was just really happy for him I was just really happy after you know after thinking that he'd, he'd come through a patch there and he's just such a such a lad though as well though isn't he he's just such just the right kind of 
just just signed. He's just signed. He signs when when you hear him talk, he says all the right things. He's down to earth. He's professional, but he's not a he's not a nerd. He's not geeky about it. He's not fucking up his arse about it. No, he's not too polished. It's just a no. it's just a natural. It's very natural to him, you know. Exactly. He's not, it's not he's, rehearsed. He's, he's, like, yeah, he's I not. Mean, so, he's not someone that's gonna need, you know, PR coaching and media lessons and you know exactly. shit, shit like that that you've you've heard. You know, footballers come out and trot the same lines out again and again and again. Um, he just he's just a well spoken, well brought up kid that um has the right mix of professionalism and you know and hunger and, and hunger and just that attitude, just just that not arrogance, but that self assuredness and that just laddishness, but it's not to the point where it's it's to a detriment, you know, it's just that no, it's, balance. It's, it's the perfect, perfect blend really of of everything that he he has, and he's you know long may I continue because he's 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 exemplary, he's exemplary, and he's he's changed the game for us. I mean, do you even remember the struggles we had at right back before before Trent Alexander Arnold? You know, lest we go back to Glenn Johnson or um, even Klein, who did a job, but my God, the difference—it's night and day. <laughs> you know what? It's it's incredible when you think about it because I always liked Klein, and we know we know he had his limitations, and everybody assumed that he was an attacking he was, fullback. He was a, a decent. Yeah, everyone fullback. everyone assumed he was an attacking fullback because he slams one into the top corner at the cop end one year. Yeah, but of course. it was like one of the three goals he's ever scored, or something stupid like that. But I remember at the time, people screaming out, "We need to buy a right back. We need to buy a prop. We need we need a proper proper right back." And this lad's just sitting in the youth setup, and we just wheel him out and go, "Just throw him in there away at United." Rashford gives him a terrible time. We're like, "Oh, he looks like he's got talent." But how many times have we seen it? Boys come in, look like they've got talent and. They'll maybe play a few, you know, a few months in the first team, and then, you know, a bit Nat Phillips, but but, you know, you know, he's there to do a job, but we'll eventually get somebody better. And then all of a sudden, you watch him. And my brother always said something to me. My brother's a Spurs fan, and he always said, Trent, when I watch him, he's really, really good. Like he's obviously really, really good, but there's. Always one pass a game, every game, where you just look at it and go, wow, oh my God, how did he do that? Like, there's the one, I think, is it against Madrid? The the volleyed outside of the foot cross to the back post, the Jota heads into the side netting. Yeah. You know, just one pass like that, at least every game where you just go, how has he done that? I have never seen a player strike a ball as well and have so much control over, you know, almost like a almost like a golfer hitting a golf ball where he can draw it, he can fade it, just the exact amount that he wants. There's just such versatility and variety in the way he strikes the football. It's just absurd. Yeah, he's got it all. I mean, there's one pass that springs to mind. And of course, I can't um, can't think of who it was against, but it's a it's it's a seventy yard volleyed diagonal from Trent to Mane, 
and he just it's just it's bouncing so it's not it's not maybe a full volley but he hits it as it drops and it just it just it just arrows across the pitch like completely bisecting the mid the midfield at about chest height and Mane brings it down and you know he's he's then he's on the attack it's from last season he he, he does he's got all he's got all the all all the uh, all the shots basically all the passes all the the skill that you want, and as you say, as a bowler can with his with his arm, or as a as a golfer can with his club, Trent can do that with his feet. And you know that's you combine that with 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 the the football and brain that he's got, the vision that he's got. It's that's why it's so so scary. I mean, he's 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 an incredible incredible player. And thankfully he's our right back, so so that'll go on. And whether England appreciate him or not, I couldn't give him monkeys because they're never gonna win anything anyway. Not with with waistcoat wearing Wallies as managers. Yeah, that's that's pretty fair. All right, so I just I don't want to do any more Madrid. I think I'm just I I I really just want to put that in a box and stick it in the cupboard until Wednesday night. I don't we'll leave it the lads on Wednesday anyway. Yeah, I don't even really want to think about it. But I think top four is. I'm thinking to myself with five minutes to go. We need a goal or the season's pretty much dead given the Champions League situation we're in because I'm. Fed up scrambling around worrying about if West Ham are going to fucking win or not. Do you know this is the situation that we're in? It's absurd. We're 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 banking on West Ham or Leicester taking points off West Ham, and we really need to make sure that things are in our hands here. And if we don't win consecutive games, as we talked about for the next at least three or four, and see where we are at that point, then there really isn't much point talking about anything between now and the end of the season. But we do, we get the goal. And I think last minute goals mean last minute winners just mean so much more. Last minute wins mean so much more um, than just a regular three points. If if you if if I could have written how we win that game to gain the maximum psychological benefit from it, that's that's what I do. Yeah. For you me know? for me the only the only cherry on the top that's missing from that scenario is that Mane doesn't bury that chance right at the end just to get his confidence up but it works out perfectly cuz in effect we go 1-0 down we actually come back and win 3-1 but one goal is disallowed because we because the AR can see what nobody else can see literally um, so we actually come back. We get the three goals. So if you correlate it off to Madrid, we're we're two goals behind. We need to win three one or two 0 So we've basically done that. We've scored the two goals. Uh, you know we talk about often Liverpool play in training a scenario where they're they're a man down and two goals down with ten minutes and they've got ten minutes to score three. You know that kind of thing. And it was a little bit like that with what was happening. So it worked out really well. We've got the win at Anfield, so that hoodoo's off the back. We've gone down a goal and come back from that. We've scored two from open play, so that's great. Trent's had a banger of a game, so that's great. We've come back from adversity with in terms of the, the VAR and gotten over that, so so that's great. Mo's bagged again, so so that's brilliant. The only slight downer is Sadio still playing like his own ghost. 
Um, but apart from apart from that, it's, you're absolutely right. You couldn't. Re- it's better doing that really than than going out and beating a weak Villa three 0 or something. I yeah. would say. You know? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. So this this is another difficult game coming up. Um, I think it's Monday night. Um, next Monday night, and it's away to Leeds who have the world's best midfielder, Stuart Dallas, playing for them. Playing for them at left-back as well, isn't he? Or right-back? It depends. Depends which, depends which week it is. But played, mm. played midfield. Played midfield. Um, yesterday, today. Yesterday. You know, scores two goals. Um, just seems to be absolutely everywhere on the pitch. Um, I'm not going to go into a self-indulgent um, tirade about... How amazing I think Stuart Dallas is because I'm just crying out from the playing midfield for Northern Ireland um, because he continues to be put it right back because he's got that, you know, he's got that terrible versatility that's almost a detriment to really talented footballers where they just end up being used to plug gaps um, instead of to develop their own skills. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they, you know, they're really good. The, the, you know, people have their opinions about Bielsa, and I think it was I thought it was really nice what Pep said about him over the weekend. That you know, you give him Manchester City and they win the league every year. Um, that's how highly he rates him as a coach. And you know, he's bought really well. He's massively overachieving with a team of largely Championship footballers. You know. Um, but they're so fit and they're so hungry and they will give us no time at all on the ball. Um, they're going to make it really difficult for us. They break quickly. They get bodies in behind. We saw how well that they can use Rafinha's pace, um, third man runs beyond beyond the beyond the back four. So again, this is just another really tricky game, Chief. That we just need to go and find a way to win. We beat them 4-3, and I think it's the first game of the season, and we're all too aware ourselves, and the team will be all too aware of the dangers that they can pose going forward. But at that stage, we are we're still this free scoring. Yeah, we've got our issues at the back because, you know, we have our issues at the back, but as far as everybody's concerned, we're still this relentless free scoring fucking side that just breaks on you and destroys you, or if you don't let them break on us, we'll just pass it around you and grind into the ground and Trent or Robbo will sling one into the box and Manny will score or Salah will score. Or, and we're not, we're not quite that team at the minute. As, as, as much improved we have been in the last two league games and all of the benefits that we've talked about, we're still not quite 100% the best version of ourselves. So this, again, must win. Every game's a must win, but this is it's not, really, it's not really the game you want, is it? I could do with I could do with playing Fulham or you know we've taken Burnley or something. one point off Fulham this season. We've taken I don't know if we played Burnley twice, but we've definitely lost to them once this season as well. Yeah, we have. I just mean I think we I think we're a different side than we were then. No, no, I think that's fair. But what I would say is that I I would I hold less fear of a team at the moment that, that will try and attack us and will try and, and, and go man for man on us than I do against a team that will just try and park 10 men behind the ball and sit in and frustrate and nick a goal from a corner or from a breakaway or whatever. 
basically what I'm saying is I think Leeds will have a go at us, but we'll be better than them man for man. What's going to be sorely tested here or severely tested is uh, is the quality of, of Phillips and Kabak because they're going to have a battle. They're going to they're Bamford and um, and Harrison who'll be back will um, will look to will look to play on them and will look to match them up. So um, they'll have to be on their metal, but I think overall we'll we'll have too much for them, and I would hope that we we will find a way to win. You're right, it is must win. We did a pot a couple of weeks ago. I think I said we needed minimum to win seven or or our final nine and win the, and draw the other two. Um, either that or eight wins and one defeat might just might just be enough, and I'll stick to that. Uh, which means we can't afford to be dropping points here, certainly. Uh, if you maybe put down uh, the game against United as a as potentially a draw, then then you're not leaving yourself much leeway at all. So this has to be a win, but I'm confident that that it, that it can be. I think Leeds will give us chances. I think what's what's good for us is that Leeds um, have nothing specifically to play for. They're not going to get relegated. They're not going to finish in Europe. Um, they've already had a good season and they've already taken four points off Man City which and Pep Guardiola, which them and Bielsa will probably see as their, you know, their biggest target for this season, perhaps, or if not biggest target, then uh, most welcome bonus. So yeah, certainly a benchmark for them to aspire to. Exactly. There's, there's, and there isn't there for that desire necessarily that would be there to beat a top not, team had, yeah, they, I, had, had they not done that. So, you know what? so I don't here, I don't actually here. I don't actually buy into that, Chief. I don't quite buy into that with this side. I think, you know, what you say is generally true with a lot of teams. You know, Burnley, for example, today, fuck absolutely nothing today, nothing to play for, and they go out and they lose to an abject Newcastle side that are not very good. And Burnley, who are so resolute and defensively sound, Newcastle scored two goals that against was them. And the- yeah, that was the I wish both t- these two teams could both get relegated, darling. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, I think that sort of side, yeah, I just think it, that could have been said for any team going to Manchester City. And we've seen it before, teams going, they just, they can see them already going, they just roll over. No, 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 I, I hear you. And I, and I don't mean that they, they'll roll over. But what I am saying is if we turn up, I think they'll give us a game. But... They don't need to go that extra mile, if you know what I mean. So no, they, give, they don't. Give us a, they don't. Give, but what yeah. they are doing is they're 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 playing with a freedom. There's no pressure on them. They're enjoying their football. Totally. Minute. They're totally. off the back of it. They're off the back of a great result. They're all feeling brilliant about themselves. And Bielsa so, is not the sort of character to let players switch off or rest so, on their laurels. It's a perfect time for the Reds to bring them back down to earth then, is what you're saying? Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let, let's let's try and um, let's try and focus on that on that positive. Um, any last shout-outs? Let's do a man of the match. Man of the match? Yesterday, let's see. It's so... Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's a few a few contenders. Um, obviously Trent we've mentioned gets gets the winner and and plays well generally there are a few a few moments where he wasn't at his best but there was certainly some you know certainly signs that he's 
he's coming back to the player we know and love. Bobby had a great game, I thought. I thought Bobby did really well. Um, I think he's unlucky, to, as we've mentioned, to get that goal disallowed. I would have been very happy for him to to, to bag that. Yeah, I think that just on the on the goal, I think the commentator said he mishit into the net. I thought it was just the cleverest little finish. Me too. And fucking match of the day said that he scuffed it as well. It's like, no, lads, how long have you been watching Bobby Firmino for? Yeah, that he doesn't, doesn't he, scuff anything. No, and not on that. He, he doesn't put the ball in the net conventionally. That's not his thing. He's, he, he, you know, he he want he wants to do that as much for the fun of it, you know, as as effective as it is. That's, as that's much why for the fun of it as for the necessity for the aesthetics. As much of the fact of yeah. it is effective because he this knows is the he guy, has to This hit is high. the guy that this is the guy that scores no look goals. You know, he's obviously exactly. intended that because. It's just, it's just really clever. It's a bit Suarez. It's a bit. If you ever watched, you know, Falcao in his heyday when he was at Atletico, it's, it's, it's very South American. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, you know, it is. It is South American. It's inventive. It's cheeky. It's, it's and arrogant. It's, it's piss taken and it's effective. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I think yes, for me, it was a good game, but uh, I think the la- the lazy one might be Trent. I think the lazy one's probably Trent. Probably the right one is is usually Mo, <laughs> and maybe again yesterday, he's he, he causes so many problems. He gets he gets our opener, gets the equaliser, and he's just a phenomenon. Um, so good a shout out for him as well. Uh, to be honest, I, I don't really think anyone played particularly badly yesterday. I mean, Ali, I would I would give a five for the mistake. But yeah, I thought Phillips Phillips really struggled yesterday. I think yeah, Watkins, I, Watkins gave him a difficult time. Yeah, I, I can I can I can say fair enough for that as well. But I just I just don't judge Nat Phillips to the same standards. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's not really about how he performs. It's just he's it's a guy just, in there doing his best, and I'm not gonna fucking I'm not gonna give him any grief at all. You know exactly, exactly, basically like I mean, you know. Um, He's doing admir- really admirably considering the situations and uh, he's not yeah. showing himself up. So it must it, be tough. Like <laughs> I think it, it. I don't think this has been mentioned. Certainly, if it has been, it's nowhere near enough. But it must be tough going in to work every day, training with these players, knowing that you're just nowhere near the level. You're just not near the level. You're going in, and you're and every time you step onto the training pitch, you're reminded of how far off the level you are. And then you have to go out. And you know, if anybody has you know walked into a changing room, you have to feel like you've been accepted, and you have to feel like you you fit in and you earn you a place, and you belong. Exactly. Sorry, that was what I was striving for. That you belong there. And for him to go out there and you know, stay cool-headed. He's certainly improving. His passing certainly improving. But just, just keep a cool head and, and do his best with that, what can only certainly be described as an anxiety and insecurity about himself as, as, a, as a footballer and the talent that he has based on the players he's playing against and around. That is a quality that can only be admired from the lad. So fair play. Absolutely. Balls are still, basically. Yeah. Big hairy balls. A thing that this team used to have, a big giant set of balls, and hopefully, you know, 
we see more big giant balls um, in the next few weeks. Oh, so, big giant hairy balls. Yeah, absolutely. So more until often. after, yeah, until after, until after the guys come to you um, to discuss our our uh, outcome against Madrid, up the big massive hairy balls, Reds. 